hello and welcome back to blush you the podcast where you tell us your juiciest stories and we get to dish on them my name is Callie and I'm your co-host and I am here with my little baby hummingbird Elise hello everybody we have been crunched for time lately and haven't had a lot of time to record. So I'm glad we were able to make this week work out because we almost got into a situation where we were going to have to skip again. I know. I know. Which is rude. Y'all we made it work. It. Yeah, we, we did made make it work. It. Made it work, made it work, made it work. So today we are talking about like health and how tough it is to stick to it, especially when you are confronted with obstacles right mm-hmm. in front of your little face, uh, when you're trying to get healthier. So I'm sure most people can relate to that. I definitely can. Um, but before we get to that, let's share our sparkles. And for those of you who are new, a sparkle is basically a highlight or a low light of the <laughs> week where we learn something and we want to pass it on. Sometimes we don't really know what we learned and we're asking y'all did you learn something from this story because let us know that'd be great uh but otherwise it's also a way to get to know us so we're not just like random strangers barking advice at you yes I love so it. tell me yours um okay hello everyone I miss you all so if you're new here I dyed my hair red last June or July. And it was like something that I had wanted to do forever. I was feeling a little risky and just like in a bucket mentality. So I did it and I loved it. And I didn't really think too much about like the process after the fact of like going back to a different color. I was just like, let's do this. I'm feeling it like in the moment, you know? So then we, I think I told, does everybody know that our last transfer? Yes, we talked, I talked about it last time. Um, our transfer that we did in January failed and I am not pregnant and did not get pregnant. And which was a huge surprise because this was a PGT tested normal embryo, which a lot of times the reason why transfers fail is because embryos aren't tested to make sure that they're a quote normal embryo, which means they don't have chromosome abnormalities. Um, PGT testing is like it's like randomly a kind of controversial because I don't know if they have the science down to an exact T. And then there's also research that shows that some embryo self-correct, but as y'all remember, Elise had that especially traumatic experience with an abnormal embryo that did implant and did continue development past eight weeks, which is basically like lightning striking five times. Yeah. I'm super special. So. I mean, that's just unheard of. Yeah. I mean, like, the I'm, more I've learned, the more I'm realizing, God, how did that even happen? I mean, even today I went to my fertility clinic and we were talking about my, um, this is going to be confusing for all of the people who are not in the infertility. I love world. how we're like, we started talking about hair, but let's talk about <laughs> fertility. Yeah. Um, but there's this test that you can do where you basically do a biopsy of your, uh, endometrium and they tell you the window of receptivity for your, um, transfer. So like the highest likely chance that you will to get pregnant within, if you transfer within this window, the test is very controversial. Um, there's not a lot of data on it only because I'm like researching and telling (laughs) like the wall street journal hates this test. But I mean, does that surprise anyone that I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Not doing any of this bullshit. Nope, 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 nope. No, I need that in my life because you know, everybody who knows me is like, I'm blinded by the sparkly things. I'm like, yeah, this sounds great. Let's do it all and spend a million dollars. It'll be great. Um, but last time I did this test, my number, my like hours of my window was so abnormal. And so today I was talking to my doctor and he was like, you know, I looked back on your thing and like the fact that you needed seven days of progesterone, like usually people like majority are five, sometimes six, sometimes randomly four. But the fact that you were seven is like very abnormal. And I was like, yeah, if we don't already know, I'm like super special. So, um, But anyways, I don't know how we got onto this, but I decided that I was obviously depressed after my um, transfer failed in January. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to change it up. My hair is my first go-to. And so I'm like, I don't want to be red anymore. It's a lot of upkeep. I have to go every month, every other month to get it touched up. And so 
I told her I wanted to not be red anymore. And my hair lady, who's great. She was like, if you ever want to be blonde again, we have to bleach out all the red or else it's like not going to look good. So I, my hair was literally pea yellow when I came home the first time. And I walked in the door and poor sweet Carl was like, cause I didn't tell him what I was doing to my hair. And he was like, Oh, okay. Like this is, this, this is cool. Like this is kind of giving me like Billie Eilish vibes. I'm like, shut the fuck up. This sucks. I don't look good. This is not a boost to my confidence. He was like, trying to thought that I did it like intentionally. Cause he's a man and he's dumb, <laughs> but I have been, it's now been like a couple months. I've gone there literally three times. It's like a very slow process. And so my confidence like totally took a hit and I didn't realize like how much, not that I rely all of my confidence on like the way that I look, but you know, when you're like feeling down and then you like want that extra boost. So you like go get your nails done or you go get a spray tan or you go get a blowout or you go get your makeup done, you know? And so, yeah, I am in that awkward place where my hair doesn't know what color it wants to be. So anyone who wants to dye your hair red, just know that red is actually the hardest color to get out of your hair. So just well, good thing I have rosacea, so I'll never be (laughs) dying my hair red, not an issue for me, but yeah, I mean, I think creating any sort of identity surrounding our bodies is a slippery slope. I'm not going to say that we shouldn't be confident and proud of how we look or excited about how we look, but just coming from me, like, uh, you know, my weight has been not what I want it to be. And it's completely outside of my control. I did all of the things. I mean, I exercise for two hours a day for the love of God and my body has not changed. And so it's just, I know that my body will get back to something. Um, I just have that weird feeling that I'm, I'm going to get it back. And I cannot put my identity mm-hmm. in that body ever mm-hmm. again. Like I just, I can't do it because it's not going to stay right. Our hair is going to change. Our face changes, our booty changes, our body changes. Like that is the one guarantee. And so I think when we get a little too wrapped up yeah. in things, it, it just can create more damage than I think it creates confidence. Yeah. And as you're talking, I'm like, my hair is one thing, literally the one thing in my journey that I can control. And then when I had expectations of what it was going to look like, and then I left and it was like, Oh my God, I, you know, that was another thing that is now out of my control. So yeah, we can't control shit. No, we can't control anything. Mm-hmm. We can't control anything. Sucks. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a little lesson. Don't yeah. get too wrapped up in your hair. Yep. Yep. What's yours? I want to hear your sparkle. I don't know. I really don't know. I think that this process that started in I don't even know when. I think my first fertility appointment was March of last year. So we're like coming up on a year uh-huh. and I have very little to show for it. Uh, I even like attempted to transfer anything, which by the way, the tests that Elise are talking about, like typically those tests are for women who have had failures and I hate the word failure, but just like have had transfers that did not go as planned. Yeah. Um, and so they like do investigative testing to find stuff out like that. And so it's been interesting that those tests have been pushed on me and I'm like, uh, I haven't even had a chance to say that I even need these. So because it's about money. Yeah, I know it's always about money. I, even yesterday I went in and they were like, so like, we're going to do a mock cycle. Right. And I was like, no, no, I'm not fucking doing a mock cycle. Get the fuck out of here. I'm not doing it. And I've told them like five times, I'm like, you're not getting an extra two grand from me. You're just not. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So what was I saying? Um, I think that I've just really embraced letting go because after I couldn't do my transfer in January, I was just like, that was the one thing I thought I could control was like when this stuff happens. And then it was snatched from my sweaty little palms. Mm. And I just realized, okay. I'm uh, not going to get too wrapped up in any of this shit anymore. I'm going to advocate for what I need and I'm going to like schedule my surgery, which was horrific. Oh God. Yeah. I woke up with a tube in my mouth and I couldn't breathe. And then they like told me later that I didn't. And I was like, okay, 
you might be able to get away with that with other people, but you cannot get away with that with me. So that's not true. And, uh, nothing's going to happen because of it, but still I was not happy about it. And so this is really dumb, but ever since I've taken on this mentality of like, just go with it, like advocate for what you need to advocate for, but don't get wrapped up in dates. Don't get wrapped up in twists and turns and curveballs and just like do what you got to do, but relax and just mm-hmm. know that like, it's going to happen when it happens. I've been seeing the same repeating numbers over and over again. So I keep on seeing zeros, ones, and two. So it's like always 10, 10 or 11, 11 or 12, 12. When I look at the clock, which every time I talk to a witch about it, which if you know, a witch is a very cool woo woo person, preferably a woman. Um, they're always like, Oh, those are angel numbers. I don't know what that means. I don't know what any of it means there. I'm if you're like coming over to the dark side, I have books for you to read and I dabble. Okay. I dabble. I mean, and remember I'm one of those people when my life's not going well, I'm like, it's the planets. And then when my life is going well, I'm like, it's me. Yeah, (laughs) that's fine. That works for you. I like it, but yeah, angel numbers. So like the thing, like the universe and you have like a team of light up there in the universe. It's like on your team, like your cheerleaders and like, they send you signs. You're constantly having signs thrown at you all the time, but it's, it's when you have that click of like, okay, I actually am like open to receiving the signs that you are more like you see them more often, you know? Interesting. Yeah. Well, I keep seeing them. And I think me noticing that I keep seeing them reinforces it. And it's just the time, right? I'm not seeing them anywhere else. It's just when I look at the time. Um, it's very strange. And so I like my latest, <laughs> is this is a victory. I don't even know what this is. We got invited to go on. I'm pretty sure it's a yacht. Yeah. It's like, a yacht. I think that's what you consider a yacht. Um, it is a big old boat and we're going with people who can afford a big old boat. And that <laughs> is not me and Andrew. And so we got invited and we were like, whoa. But it, we are um, boarding this big old boat in Cabo, and then we are going to follow the humpback whale migration to so La Paz. Cool. Yes, and apparently it's breeding season, so we're gonna see babies, Aww. which I know is really really cool. But they all like come together and do their thing, and I guess we watch. I don't know, a little voyeuristic, but uh, I think it'll be a really good time. It's a week long son, you know, private chef. (laughs) It's going to be fun. But I mean, you know, my instinct was to say, no, we're going through this fertility shirt and I need to be available and I need to be healthy and I need to be on, you know, steady ground, literally. And then I was like, why you can't control anything. So chances are, if you stay to be a good girl, it's all going to go to hell anyway. So I was like, okay, let's just go, whatever. Damn be held Zika. <laughs> yeah. I don't, whatever. And then I kept seeing those numbers again. I was like, all right, all right. Little guardian angels are like, yeah, go party. <laughs> I love that. I I'm like, so happy you're going. I think that that's going to be exactly what you need. And it'll be like a last hurrah. Yeah. I mean, I'm done with, I've had plenty of last hurrahs. So that whole concept is behind me at this point. I'm like, who the hell knows? Maybe it's a last hurrah. Maybe it's just a good time. Yeah. (laughs) Either way, I'll take it. Either way. I'm fine with it. And I'm going to go on the big old boat. So I am very pumped about that. I'll let you know how it goes, which means we won't be recording next week because I don't think I can record a podcast from the middle of the Pacific ocean. Um, but that would be be fun though. Yeah, it'll be fun. I'm sacrificing that for fun. So sorry that y'all are collateral. Uh, okay, cool. Let's, so I guess moral of my sparkle is like, you can't control shit. So you might as well have a good time, which I feel like that's been my sparkle every week for the past 10 years, but, um, it takes a while for me to learn that. So, and it's an important, it's an important lesson that we have to like reintroduce, you know? Yeah. And it's not just about fertility. It's really about anything. I think putting your life on hold for anything is also dangerous. Yep. You know, putting your identity in your body is dangerous. And then putting your life on hold for anything is dangerous. It's like, 
we just need to be able to relax and have fun. And I'm not one of those people that's saying, because I'm relaxed, it's going to work. It's like, no, fuck that. Yeah. That's not how this works. Um, but being relaxed is just good for me, for my yeah. brain, right? For my mood. So there's that. All right. Don't put it. your life on hold for anything, for anything. Okay. Let's read our letter. Yay. Yay. Dear bless you. I'm feeling a little overwhelmed and figured why not write in and get some perspective before the pandemic. I never really thought about my health. I guess you could say I took it for granted because I have been relatively healthy my whole life. I ended up getting COVID right when it hit the U S in 2020 and it hit me hard girl. Me too. I was sick. And ever since I've had random symptoms and issues that have been trying to navigate. And to be honest, it really stresses me out, not knowing what's going on. So I took matters into my own hands and started doing what I could to support my body. I really tried to focus on lifestyle changes like my diet, exercise, managing stress levels, but I still feel off. I've been doing all the research on my own and get so overwhelmed to the point of completely shutting down because there are so many opinions and suggestions out there. I follow a lot of holistic and natural accounts on social media. And although I'm very interested in all of it, it can get overwhelming when one professional says X and the next one says Y. I guess I'm a little bit lost on how to navigate all of this and who to trust with my health, because I know we are also individualized when it comes to our bodies and our health. My second issue is that I've been with my partner for the past five years. We have a great relationship and are most definitely best friends. We have always been on the same page when it comes to lifestyle habits, but ever since I've been prioritizing my health and making lifestyle changes in my own life, I'm noticing that we are arguing a lot more. I want to ditch all the toxins and eat clean and organic and make daily movement a priority, but my partner doesn't really want to join me in that journey. He says those things are important to him, but when it comes time to actually doing it, he gives excuses. I feel like making lifestyle changes takes commitment and it would be so much easier having his support and both caring about our health as much as I do. When we talk it through, he is totally on board, but in the moment he doesn't want to partake in anything. How do I handle this? Mm. It's not signed. So that's the end of the letter. (laughs) Should we give her a name? Yeah. I think it'll come to us. What do you think? Yeah. I think we can, I can, I think we can see how it goes. Okay. Um, what are your first thoughts? I'm curious what you think. Um, I mean, one, I, I guess I don't want to be one of the other professionals that's like giving random advice about health and wellness when that's like really not my scope. I will say I understand feeling overwhelmed with a bunch of different opinions and suggestions and this and that, because like in the fertility world, like people are like, eat this diet and you'll get mm. pregnant. And I'm like, okay, fuck you. So I, I get it. There's so many different quote strategies out there to bring you success. And you really do have to have that filter to know what's right for you and what's not. But I Mm. get it when you're coming from a place of desperation, it's easy to want to try everything that you see. And I think taking a step back and really filtering through again, what makes sense for you is going to be your best uh, case there. And then the second thing is like, I get that it's easier to do things together when you're in a relationship, but just because you want to change something doesn't mean your partner needs to. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, part of me is sitting here like one, I'm very wary of extremes. So anytime, and Andrew does this, Andrew, Andrew is a very extreme person. So there will be times where he's like, I'm going to run five times a day and then I'm going to lift weights and then I'm only going to eat egg whites. And And I'm like, oh my God. Like. (laughs) No, I think that's so funny. (laughs) And then, you know, he's like, fuck it. I'm not going to run for a year. I mean, I'm just kidding. Like he's, he's actually, the funny thing is he's actually gotten in like a very good rhythm now, but taken years, right. It was just all these extremes and I don't do well with extremes. And I personally feel like most people don't either because you get so into it and then you burn out and then Mm -hmm. it all goes to shit. And so my first thought was, is this person being too extreme? And is that why the partner is turned off? Because every single thing has to Mm. be perfect and aligned with this new mission. And maybe it's just not achievable for him or for both of you. And my second thing is that 
you don't have to do everything together. Mm -hmm. So I get that with food and with, well, not really with exercise. Like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, Andrew and I, I guess exercise together now because of pickleball, but like we never did before. Like I would go to classes. I would go do things. He would run. I hate running. I will only run if I'm running away from something. So like, (laughs) you know, it's like, no. So we had completely different workout styles and I never thought that was a problem ever. Like it never occurred to me that we should work out together. Our bodies are completely different. He's six, four, I'm five, six. Like we're just, no, that's, we're never going to have the same style there. Um, not that height is the only thing, but y'all get my drift. Right. Uh, and then when it comes, but when, when it comes to cooking, I mean, I'm not cooking two meals. Right. And so I guess I can see how that can be tough, but like if he doesn't want to eat what you're eating, then he can fend for himself. Like mm-hmm. part of me is like, why do y'all have to be in this together? Even though I get it, it's easier when someone's there. So then I'm wondering, well, is this the right lifestyle for you then if you need someone else to do it with you? Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Ooh, I love all of it. Okay. And before Elise, you jump in, I want to just plug something. So Blush is starting group coaching and our first group that we're launching is chronic health, uh, and basically a wellness group. And when we say chronic health, it's like, we're realizing now that it's more like a health and wellness. I like looked at the schedule too, that you sent me and I was like, okay, this is a little more general than I thought. So it's not necessarily meant for someone who has like a chronic health diagnosis. It's really just a focus on, like you said, like natural lifestyle, self-care boundaries, advocacy, all those amazing things that you need in order to have a healthy lifestyle for you. So that starts March 9th and we're closing registration February 25th. Yeah. So, um, Elise is like an absolute master at this. I'm just shooting in the dark. No, I think what you had to say was awesome. Well, I want to hear your thoughts. I, the pressure load. Um, yeah, I mean, in reading this, I took some notes and my first one is that, and I can speak to experience with this too, but like anything that happens out of the ordinary, that kind of blindsides you that's related to your health. And you're not an expert in that field, or you don't have any experience in that before it's absolutely going to trigger anxiety. Right. And then you add all of the fear that came with this wave of COVID on top of it. And I'm sure that's playing a significant amount too. And I think people handle anxiety in a lot of different ways, but I think one huge way that people cope with anxiety, especially when it comes to your health is focusing on controllables, right? Like I love, love, love that quote that Brene Brown posted on her Instagram. I think like her best friend, like wrote it on a post post-it note or something. And she posted it and it said, you're afraid to surrender because you don't want to lose control, but you never had control in the first place. All you had was anxiety. And I think that when you are thinking about things and you're researching things and you're planning for things, it gives you a false perception of control when in reality, you just have anxiety. And yeah, I think that anyone navigating health issues also has anxiety and also has that fear that they're navigating every single day. And I think that the letter writer diving into like, okay, what can I control? And she mentioned lifestyle, diet, nutrition, movement, stress, all of these things are huge and play a significant role in your daily health. But also lifestyle is just one piece of the puzzle, Mm -hmm. right? Like if there's, if there's something systematically going on or, you know, something's not working properly or she's fighting something, or if there's some root cause changing all of the lifestyle things will maybe impact and improve your symptoms that you're experiencing, but that doesn't necessarily address the root issue. And so that's what I would, I mean, I think she's probably trying to do what's within her circle of control, which I appreciate and I respect and I totally understand, but I don't think that's necessarily approaching this in the best way possible. Cause like health is so much more than just like physical, right? Like it's also mental. It's also emotional. It's your well-being. It's all of the things it's your relationships. It's all compiles into one thing. So I think whenever you're navigating health issues, it's really easy to get a very fixed, narrow viewpoint of what you're experiencing. And, you know, she mentioned holistic world and, you know, um, doing things the more natural way, which is totally my realm. And that's really what we're going to focus on in, in the group too. But I think that what she needs is 
a team, right? Like we all need a team. It takes a fucking village to survive life. And that includes your support system. That includes a doctor that includes someone who's going to hear you and validate you and have the knowledge and expertise. So that burden doesn't fall on your shoulders, right? Like, yes, Callie and I talk about this all the time. You have to be able to do the research. You have to be able to advocate for yourself. You have to be able to join the conversation because if you don't have that going into a doctor or working with a practitioner, there's automatically a power dynamic and an authority dynamic that like, then you might get tripped up and you take everything they say at face value. And like, healthcare is not a one size fits all sort of situation. Like we all have bio-individuality. We all have different genetic makeups. We all have different issues, different, you know, systems, different, all we're all so different. And so like, you got to find someone who is going to be the right practitioner or doctor, whether you want to do Western medicine or go the more natural holistic route, um, like you have to find someone and create that team for yourself. And that might take some time. And like Callie mentioned, like this sense of urgency and desperation, that's gonna make you wanna pull the trigger on maybe someone who isn't right for you just because they have some answers. But that I proceed with ultimate caution because that's happened to me so many times. You're just desperate. And so you cling to someone who has knowledge and expertise, but like, maybe that's not the right fit for you. So like automatically I would say like, keep doing what you're doing in terms of like learning about lifestyle and prioritizing that. And like, I love that health is, you know, now something that's super important to this letter writer, because if it's not now, it's going to be later, right? Like Mm -hmm. time is not on our side. Aging is not on our side when it comes to health. There's just going to be more things that we're faced with. And the more understanding and foundation that you create, that's super strong in relation to your health, the better you are and the less overwhelming it's going to feel. But like, also I've seen too, I'm very much ingrained in like the health and wellness field personally. And it's like absolutely an interest of mine. And I think especially after like once this pandemic hit, I think it's a much more saturated market than it used to be. And I think there's a lot of people who have maybe experienced the same as this letter writer and now wants to be a health practitioner, you know, is reading all these things and now everyone's an expert. Right. And when you are in a room with thousands of experts on Instagram, you're gonna be overwhelmed and you're gonna feel like, okay, fuck, there's not enough time in the day to do warm lemon water, celery juice, and my thyroid medication. And they all have to be on an empty stomach. Like, how do you make that work? You know? So it's, it's definitely a saturated market. And I think that, you know, just because someone is posting a recommendation does not mean that that's the recommendation for you. So like, if you find yourself getting overwhelmed, that is a sign that you have you know, been exposing yourself to this information for too long. Whenever I feel a sense of overwhelm in a situation like that, I'm like, okay, I need to put my phone down. I need to take a step back because it's really easy to get like, at least for me, obsessed over like, whether it's fertility or my health stuff, it's like, then you go down this rabbit hole and it's like, anxiety is the driving force behind that. And you want to know all the things and search all the Reddit forums and join all of the Facebook groups and follow all of the Instagram people, because that temporarily eases your anxiety, but it also is perpetuating the problem, right? Like it's now creating more anxiety, just different because you're not, you're overwhelmed now because there's too much stuff, too much information. So she's got to find a practitioner. And, you know, I, again, have lots of, I have a huge network in this space. And so like, I love talking to people, all of my clients, if they have health issues, I'm like, okay, let's talk about what you're dealing with. Let's talk about what kind of approach you would feel best with what you feel comfortable, what your budget is, right? Like you've got to figure out what your needs are before you then go seek out the help that you need, because then you're going to be able to know like, yes, you're a good fit for me or no, you're not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, anytime I hear someone say, I'm doing, I'm, I've been doing all my own research. 
I know we say that on this podcast a lot, like advocate for yourself and do your own research. But anytime I hear someone say I'm doing my own research, alarm bells go off in my head. If there's mm-hmm. not a practitioner in the whole like story, yeah. because when I say I'm doing my own research, I am, but then I'm going to Dr. Huang and saying, Hey, what do you think about this? Yeah. And then he'll say, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. And then I'm like, okay, good to know. And so all the things he said no about for the most part, unless I feel strongly, I take them off. I mean, when I did research about the ERA test that Elise is doing right now, and by the way, I'm not saying it's totally bogus. I just read enough research to say, I don't think this is for me. I don't think this fits me. I think maybe in two years, right. If, if I'm not successful, then it might make sense. Uh, but right now. And so I went to Dr. Huang and he said, yeah, I, I, I agree with that conclusion for the reasons that you arrived there. Mm-hmm. So I'm with you on that. But if he had pressed me and said, uh, I think you need this and here's why, then I would have reconsidered and I would have said, okay. But also think of if you hadn't done your own research and then you would be walking into a room where you're automatically patient and professional and they're going to say, cause don't forget, Callie has taught me this. They're running a fucking business. Okay. Oh, yeah. So it's like it, it's absolutely a business. And I, I was talking to someone today that is a nurse at a hospital and she says that they're doing so many more, um, C-sections, because if you cut a person open, you get $30,000 for the hospital or for the doctor or whatever. And I'm like, but what if they don't need one? And she's like, it doesn't really matter. Like it's another way to get the baby out. I'm like, yeah. The fuck is and that? it's because women like, you know, well, I say women, humans like control. So the idea of knowing when you're going to give birth, like it's a scheduled C-section. Yeah. And so a lot of people like jump on that and they're like, oh good. And then once you've had one, you pretty much like, always yeah, but one. like that we always come back to this like element of control. And yeah. if you just get to this place, like Callie said, like you actually don't have any fucking control, like none. literally none. Like none. you might convince yourself that you do and cling on to all of these fucking things that really don't make a difference either way, but that makes you feel a little bit better. But in reality, you're just perpetuating the cycle of anxiety. Like it's, I mean, yeah. and that's, That's what we're going to talk about in the last week, the last meeting of the chronic health group or health and wellness group, whatever we're calling it. We're talking about like the art of letting go and surrendering because everybody needs to know how to do that. And it's going to look different and be individualized for each person. But regardless of where you're at or what you're facing right now, you got to let go. Like your instinct is going to be to want to cling on for dear life and control every aspect. But in reality, like that's not going to do you any good. Not well, yeah, and she's moving over to her partner. Yeah. I, and she's probably projecting that on him, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. You're trying to control all of these elements in your own life. And therefore I have another person that's associated with me. Let me project all of this control onto his life too, because that makes me feel like I have more things that I'm in control of. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, no one's saying that eating healthy and moving your body are, are bad goals. Right. No, are great goals. I think cleaning up the way that you eat and, you know, trying to exercise are great, but if you don't exercise every single day, you're going to be fine. If you order pizza one night, you're going to be fine. It's again, I really try to subscribe to the 80, 20 rule. I was not going to say that. Not going to do it next week. Not, we, not gonna be gonna be 100. we gonna be a hundred. We're going to be a hundred percent fun. We're going to be a hundred. So, you know, uh, even in that, even in the, the general thing, it's like, okay, most of the time I do 80, 20, and then I'm going to have periods where I'm healthier. And then I'm going to have periods where I'm a human trash bag. So it's like, you know, as long as you can find that balance again, that works for you. And so this is the thing you do need some kind of, you know, person guiding you through this, ideally an MD, I'm going to be a little snobby, but if you have a professional or practitioner that isn't an MD, but that you trust and knows your body and has done due diligence. And I mean that, I mean, family history, I mean, labs, I mean, science. Okay. None of this woo woo that we were talking about earlier. Mm -mm, Not when it comes to your body, no ma'am. Okay. You need someone who's going to look at actual numbers that correlate to levels in your body. Mm -hmm. And then we can go off to the races, but you need someone like that. Your North star to guide you through this. And then you can bring your own research to the table and your own ideas. But again, 
this is, they call it lifestyle for a reason. It is your life from here on out. It's these fads. Like here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with trying a fad and seeing if it works for you. Okay. But going extreme with all of this again, is just going to create more anxiety and it's not going to last. It's just not it. A lot of this stuff is not sustainable. I also would encourage you to monitor who you fall on social media. There are a lot of what we call Instagram doctors out there now. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I'm wary of a lot of them. That's everyone has a social media account. My fertility doctor has a social media account. I'm not saying that if they're on social media, automatically they're full of shit. It's just when your entire life and your entire social media feed and your brain and your relationship all is, you know, orbiting around this one same concept of gotta get healthy, gotta get healthy, gotta get, it's like, woo. I mean, the cortisol levels have got to be extreme. Well, it's like overstimulation, right? Like when Carl has his phone playing and the TV and Alexa playing music, I shut down because I'm overstimulated and I literally can't see straight or think straight. And it's like, that's the same thing that's happening with social media. We're constantly being exposed to information and things to do. And it's like, too much. We have to have to have that. That's part of health. You have to have healthy boundaries with people, with your work, with social media. Cause if you don't, you're just constantly in a vulnerable state. And when you're going through health issues, you don't have the gas in your tank to be vulnerable and be a target all the time, you know? Yeah. So I think first step would be to drop the, uh, forcing this on your partner and see what feels better for you. Because once you stop trying to push this on someone else, you'll actually be left with, okay, what works for me? Because you're going to have to do this stuff alone, which I actually think is the best testament to what works best for you. Yeah. I think that that was like a hard lesson for me to learn in marriage, honestly, because I don't really know what my thoughts were about like what marriage would be like, but like, I definitely, think that when, when Carl and I went through our first miscarriage, um, and we responded so differently to it and like, he kind of had, cause it was so, it was very early. It was called a chemical pregnancy, which is like just a couple, like, I think you're like five weeks or something. Mm-hmm. And Carl was kind of like, Oh, well, let's just like not cry over spilled milk sort of mentality. And I was like fucking gutted mentality. And I was so thrown off and like confused that we were going to both experience the same thing, but have vastly different responses to it. And we had to have, we had to sit down and have a very frank conversation of like, we are just going to handle this very, very differently. And you have to be on this Island doing your own work. And I will be on this Island doing our own, my own work. And we will respect each other and support each other to the best of our ability. But like, this is just one thing that we're going to have to do separately. And that totally threw me for a loop because I was like, but we're married. Like we're life partners. What do you mean? You know? And I was very confused. But I actually, after the fact, like respected the hell out of the fact that we were able to do that. And I think that, you know, there is obviously some level of dependency in a marriage and in a serious relationship, but I also feel like it's very, very healthy to be able to have your own life and independence outside of your partner, whether that's a hobby or interests or friend hangouts or, or, you know, something that is your own, you know? Yeah. Well, because like, she's, she's not only expecting support from her partner, she's expecting her partner to like become her, Yeah. you know, like her partner's maybe not experiencing bad symptoms. Her partner might feel totally fine. So it's like, why am I going to sit here and change my entire life? When I feel good, I'm going to support you in this new endeavor. Godspeed but I'm not going to sit here and like do it with you. Cause I don't want to, yeah. it's like, Andrew has so many things that he does and he, don't get me wrong. He tries to force a lot of shit on me. And most of the time I'm like, no, you know, I like, I, I'll cherry pick. Um, but like, he's watching a show right now, but I'm like gross and I don't want to watch it. So I just don't yeah. <laughs> It's right. It's not the end of the world. We have plenty of shit that we do together. Yeah. Um, it's just, 
And I, and there's a difference though, between supporting your partner in something and then basically being forced into participating. Yeah. Right. That's a difference. I go to functions with Andrew because he's involved in city government and I go, but I'm not in the meetings with him. Right. Totally different. Um, so, and you know, you might be the Andrew of this relationship, um, the gas, if you will, and, uh, your partner might be the brakes, but that doesn't mean that you get to dictate everything they do. Mm-hmm. And while you might take this as an offense and saying, you don't support me, I'm saying that's probably not true. Unless he's saying like, eat the donut, eat the donut, yeah. eat the donut, <laughs> you know, or like, don't go running. Running is for horses. You're not yeah. a horse. Like, you know, unless you're actually getting someone who's trying to block your progress, that's different. And I mean, you know, but sometimes I remind Andrew when he's in one of those, like, you know, whoa, got to run and lift weights. I'm like, dude, this extreme energy is like turning me off. Like, and not, you know, not like physically attractive in a way, but just like, it's too much. And I don't want to be in a household where I feel pressure to always be active and always be eating healthy. And it's like, I need a balanced body, positive household in order for me to feel healthy and okay. And when you do, when you act like this, it triggers me. So I'm just Mm. letting you know that. And, um, you know, most of the time, I mean, he evens out anyway. It's like these like, you know, bursts of freaking let's like last for two weeks. Right. So So I'm like, I just got to ride the wave, you know, we'll we'll be back to normal. Um, but the point is, is like, you know, he also might be pointing out that this lifestyle is too extreme. Listen, y'all have been together for five years. This isn't like I've been with my cute boyfriend for five months and I'm going through a life change and he doesn't know her how to react. Y'all have gone through life changes together. Five years is a long time. Um, he knows you. So also listen, if he's telling you, Hey, this seems a little unhealthier. This seems a little extreme. Mm -hmm. And if that's not happening, then respect the hell out of someone who's saying, Hey, not for me, but that's all you go Mm -hmm. for it. You're great. That's it. That's a very healthy response. Yeah, totally. And it's a boundary too. So like, and you know, I totally understand that like navigating life things is so much easier when you have a partner going through it with you. That's like Callie and I talk about this all the time. Like, thank God we have each other going through all this infertility BS, but it's like having an accountability partner absolutely holds you accountable and makes it easier. But if you're not, if you're not able to find that exactly how you want in your partner, then go seek that out somewhere else, find a, you know, join a gym or, you know, whatever it is, but join a group, invite friend. Like, you know, if you're not getting it from one spot, that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And you have to force it into existence. Like, Oh yeah. One person cannot be all things for you. No, no, no definitely no. not. I mean, to the point where whenever I have a setback with my fertility journey, I don't even like expect Andrew to react the same way as me, you know, yeah. like I expect him to be like deer in the headlights. Like <laughs> what do I do? And I know that it affects him too, but I'm also like, you're a big boy. You can process it. Like I have to take care of myself. Cause I'm the one actually getting probed every day and like yeah. going through it. So like you handle your emotional shit and then you support mine. And if you need something, let me know, but like tread lightly. (laughs) (laughs) And then I, but then I'm, you know, usually I'm not even processing a ton of it with him um, because he's, he's never going to have the level of understanding um, that I would need him to, in order to efficiently process because he can't. Yep. He can't have that level of processing. That doesn't, that's not fair to hold him to that standard. That would be so difficult mm-hmm. to be like, put yourself in my shoes. It's like, yikes, that's just a lot to ask of someone. And so I prefer to talk to to women who have been through it themselves because I don't, I don't then have to expect a certain reaction. I know it's coming. Yeah. It's not like a, an expectation. It's like, and cue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. I, and then I feel... I feel safe. I feel like I can say anything. It's fine. But you know, Andrew's going through something as well. So I don't think it's fair to be like, you have to take care of me 24 seven. Anyway, these are just examples, you know, beforehand I use the TV show example, which is like a very silly, you know, mundane example, but you know, we also have intense examples of, of this level in our lives. And what we're saying is we're not relying on our husbands to make it better for us. Mm -hmm. We're not relying on them 
to join the fight and to react the same way as us and to change their lifestyles the same way that we have. Like I don't, Mm -hmm. we're individuals and we're going to react to this differently. So I seek out women who get it inherently they've been through it. And that's what I'm wondering if you should do too. And that's what Elise just said, Mm -hmm. like, go find a community that has long COVID go find a community that is dealing with chronic health issues. Oh my God. I think we have one of those starting March 9th as I'm saying this, but it's true. Like that's a great, that is a great example right there. Um, and I'm sure you're not the only one that's come hit a wall when it comes to enacting healthier habits in the home. Mm -hmm. I love it. There's that. There's that, (laughs) but also to say again, there's nothing wrong with like, you know, exercising more and eating healthy. I'm not trying to shit on that. I just, I'm so aware of extremes. They freak me out. I don't know if I'm an extremist. Yeah. You can be an extremist. You've totally eased off on a lot of it. Yeah. Yes. You used to be intense extreme. Yeah, no, I definitely, but I feel like I'm better now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You don't give me the heebie-jeebies. How did I get better? I think you hit a wall. I think you realize that all like, again, it's the 80, 20 rule. When you're sitting here giving a hundred percent all the time and you're like, I'm going to make my own toothpaste. And you know, you just like jump off that cliff. It's like, you realize that the effort you're putting into it, you're not getting the results back at the same proportion. Yeah. And so it's like, what am I doing here? I'm miserable. I'm obsessed. Yeah. I, you know, like this is my life now. This has become my entire personality and I don't feel that much better. Yeah. You're so right. And I know you only use the toothpaste because you're watching love is blind. Yes. Gross. I actually was like into that. (laughs) Just like buy Sensodyne, like a normal fucking person. Sensodyne has fluoride, Callie, and fluoride is not great. Even though I use Sensodyne and I like am actually, if they asked me to be like an ambassador for them, I would totally do it because I love Sensodyne. Me too. It's the shit. And don't get me wrong. Everyone has their own little quirks. I make my own salad dressing. I'm very proud of that. Uh, But like, you know, when every single thing that you do is all about be, it's like a purity test. Yeah. Right? It's like how perfect and pure and natural and organic can I be? I'm just like, ugh, haven't I heard this song before? Yeah. Boring. Yeah. I'm all about I'm a, I'm I'm much more now like 80-20. Like and it and it feels better. Like it's mm-hmm. not so stressful and overwhelming and like everything's at risk if you like color outside the lines. Yeah. And you still get, I think a lot of the benefits of, mm-hmm. of those changes that you did make. Yeah, totally. It's not like it all goes out the window. And that's mm-hmm. the thing. If it all goes out the window with one little slip up, then this is stupid anyway. Cause you're going to fuck up on accident. Mm-hmm. Right. You're going to forget your stupid homemade toothpaste when you go on a yacht in Cabo. <laughs> I'm so jealous. And then you're going to have to use Sensodyne like a normal person. So, you know, okay. Do we have any final thoughts? I have none. I just think that this letter writer should join my group. Yeah, I think so too. I think that would be great. Um, I don't really think I have any final thoughts either other than it does. My, I have one. Um, why your partner doesn't feel like he can be honest with you when he's telling you that he's on board in the moment and then he doesn't do it later. I'm not saying he is intentionally lying, but I would maybe explore that. Are you creating an open and forgiving environment to where if he doesn't want to do it, that's okay. Mm. Or are we giving some guilt Mm. or shame? Are we, or some shame? So just watch that. Um, Just because you're gung ho on something doesn't mean everyone else needs to be. And you know, I love to share when I found something really exciting that's changed my life. And I really try my hardest not to instill guilt on someone else if they're not going to adopt it. Right. It's like, oh, I'm just sharing because I'm trying to be helpful. But if this isn't helpful for you, then like, please mute me. Right. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Oops. Um, and so I can understand the excitement if you found something that works for you and you want to share it with the person you love the most in the world. But you know, you said in this letter that he's saying 
Um, he says those things are important to him, but when it comes time to actually doing it, he gives excuses. And it's like, you know, it might be as innocent as it sounds good in theory. And then when it comes to actionable items, he's like, this isn't worth it. And so maybe he's exploring the fact right now that this isn't really for him. And he didn't have the words to articulate it because he didn't really know, but there is a risk that he doesn't feel comfortable or safe to tell you the Mm -hmm. truth. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And a lot of people do that whenever someone's in that mode, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like when they're like, whoa, it's like people who like, like, uh, or like, um, adopt a new religion mm-hmm. and they're like, Oh my goodness. Let me tell you about Jesus, you know? And it's like, <laughs> Oh, ooh. you know? And it's like, then you meet other Christians that have been like, you know, they've been with Jesus for a long time and they're not telling me about it all the time. Cause they're good. They have their relationship and they're good, but you know what I'm talking about? It's like that zealous energy. Yeah. It's like when you get like a new Christmas gift on Christmas and you're like, only want to play with that one gift. And then it's like, that's all you talk about and think about and text about. And like, then it's, you know, that's probably a less offensive example. I don't mean to offend any Christians. That wasn't my, but y'all, but y'all know what I mean when I'm talking about when when someone something new and you're like, just, just dove into the pool. It's like, yeah, it becomes yeah. everything. And so you got to watch it. Like, are you allowing other people to not be as excited about it as you are? Yeah. Because no one else right. is as excited about it as you are. I hate to break it to you. So that's why you need to go find other people who are as excited, you know? Yeah. Um, so you feel seen and you feel empowered because, you know, you do need to feel validated as well. Like it is exciting for you. This is a new world. You do think that there are some moves that can be made. I agree. And I don't mean to like completely dim your light. So go find other people Mm -hmm. that are just as excited that maybe have some tips to share with you on how to implement this without freaking everyone else out. Yep. I love it. Okay, good. Okay. Um, I think that's it. That's a full lid as CJ Craig would say. That's from the West Wing. I know you don't watch it. I don't probably because it's from the nineties. Um, so if you have a story that you want to share to get, as this letter writer said, some perspective, you can write in to blush you at joinblush.com and we will read your letter and hopefully record it. Not next week though, because I'm going to be looking at whales and we have a promo code for you as well. If you're interested in working with a blush coach, it is blush you all caps for 25% off your first month. We would love to have you be so great. And remember if this episode felt like it was applicable to you, but, or you're interested in health and wellness, or you do, you know, think you're suffering from chronic health or are suffering from some sort of chronic health issue, then I would say that you should definitely join um, our group because I think you're going to love it. Yeah. Or even people who have just wanted to work with me. I haven't, accept, I haven't had new clients in a long time and I don't know if I will have the room for it in the future. Cause I really am into this group stuff. So if you want a chance to work with me, I would love to work with you. And so let's freaking do the damn thing. Let's do it. Okay, guys. Uh, that is all. So we will see y'all probably sometime week after next. Yay. Yay. Okay. Bye. Bye.